What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Because I Said I Would podcast. This week, we have a very special guest on. As a lot of you know, as I've talked about in the past couple episodes, I've been through quite a bit of a journey myself, going through a lot of healing and, and just figuring out kind of what's going on in my subconscious to live a better, more fulfilled life. So I have Matt with me. He does this for a living. This is everything that he does with his clients is helping them through their own traumas and their own healing journeys to become more fulfilled. So Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to, to be able to speak and hopefully drop some, some value for people who might be going through some, some challenges right now. Awesome. Yeah. So first of all, just kind of introduce yourself, let the people know, you know, who you are, how you kind of got into this and, and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So if I was to rewind everyone back to my very first year of high school, uh, I was at a sports high school. But before my very first year, I was I wasn't the same. I wasn't the same kid. Because before high school, I was like this outgoing kid. I had this awesome friend of mine. His name was Sean. And we used to always like play around. I used to be so spontaneous. I used to just be so in my body and just did whatever it is that I wanted to do or say whatever it is that I wanted to say. But it all started to shift as soon as I got into high school because um, I got bullied as a kid. And the reason why was because at a sports high school, the expectation usually was to be very fit and athletic. And I was around all these fit and athletic people and I wasn't that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I used to get bullied about being chubby. And every single day while I was at that school, um, I got called Fat Matt constantly. And I don't know if anyone has ever had someone say something to them, but certain words can affect your self-perception. And I remember coming home from school and just looking at myself in the mirror and just grabbing the fat on my stomach and just wishing that I could rip it off. Mm -hmm. So the next day I didn't have to go to school and get laughed at. And it just got to the point where I felt found myself, my, my self-esteem was lowering day by day. I was lying to friends about why I couldn't go to the beach. But the truth was that I just didn't want to be in that setting where I had to take my shirt off in front of my friends or little things, little subtle patterns that I started to notice that I used to bring the towel above my belly button, even when I walked out of the shower around family because I started to get self-conscious around my belly. Mm -hmm. So there was all of these, and I used to wear big clothing. So, because I had man boobs at the time, I would have to, I would want to hide these things. So there was all of these patterns that started to show up as a result of just words being um, said to me. Right. And it got to the point where I was experiencing so much pain that I said to myself, okay, I'm gonna make a decision. I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to start training. I had no idea what I was doing at the time. <laughs> having decided on how to do it, but I did my best. And long story short with that, I did start to lose all the weight and I started to fall in love with health and fitness, you know, because you know how addictive it can be. It can just right. be so, it, make, it just makes you feel so awesome. So I became a personal trainer after when I became 17 and I was doing that for six years. But I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this when, have you ever looked back at an old photo and you look at that photo and you're like, damn, I looked good back then. But if you were to walk yourself back into that mindset, you're like, I didn't even feel awesome back then. Like what yep. was happening? <laughs> yeah. So that's what was happening for me, right? Even though I transformed my body because I didn't transform my self-perception, I was still seeing the chubby kid in the mirror. And that's when it clicked to me. I discovered that how I see 
is much more important than how I look. But I understood that intellectually. Have you ever had the time when like, I've read so many books, I'm looking at all these books right around me, right? right? And one of the biggest challenges I see in the personal development space today and something that I'm constantly trying to embody is taking a concept that I might know intellectually and getting it to the point where it's ingrained in my body. Because I knew, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta love yourself, right? Uh, because you, because you love your body, not because you hate it. But that was all in my mind. Still, it wasn't a part of who I was. Right. And it wasn't until I started to do the work that I teach now, trauma release, that I started to go back into childhood in my mind and do uh, inner child work. It wasn't until I started to do breath work and I released all of that suppressed anger, all of that suppressed shame, all of that suppressed wanting to speak up and stand, um, be stand for myself and say, Hey, I don't respect you guys saying that, like just going back in time and letting my inner child know, Hey, I love you regardless of how you look. Right. You are amazing. You are beautiful. And it wasn't until I started to do that, that I started to notice that all these patterns started to shift. And it wasn't until I started to do that for myself, I realized like how important this work is that I started to become obsessed with psychology, trauma healing, right. and then other people had to do it. So now I'm at the point where this is my living, um, making content about it, doing retreats here in Bali, probably not going to happen for as well, another year or right. so. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's my story in a, in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the, the part that you said about the self-love thing, because I just recently ran into that myself where I'm like, okay, yeah, I love myself. Like we all say that, right? We're like, oh, I love myself. But it's like so much deeper than that because if you're constantly ending up in these situations and these patterns where, you know, you're putting up with things um, that you shouldn't be putting up with or, you know, you're trying to people please or whatever, it's like, do you really love yourself, you know, on a deep, deep level? And it's so much easier to just say it than to actually, you know, have those actions. Exactly. It's a, it's a forever um journey and i believe that the whole entire point of trauma healing self-love is isn't so much to become anything it's more about just remembering mm -hmm. it's just a journey back to the self where we remember that we're perfect whole and complete because when we're born that's what we are we are this perfect whole and complete being right. and then we just forget and then part of this healing is just coming back to remembering oh yeah i'm perfect whole and complete I'm never finished but that's who i am at my core Awesome. So for the people listening, how, how would they know if they have trauma to heal from? Uh, can you repeat that again? Sorry. No, no problem. Yeah. I think it froze a little bit for the people listening. How would they know if they have trauma to heal from? Yeah. So first let me define trauma and then give some examples of what trauma may be for every individual who might be listening. So depending upon who you ask, the most simplistic way to, there's so many different levels of trauma, but the most simplistic way to define it is if there is some type of psychological or emotional response to some type of disturbing event that happened in the past, right? Mm -hmm. if, your psych, if your psychology was affected or if your, emo, if your body was affected in some way and there's all these emotions that might be suppressed or might, might be some emotions that still may be living in the body because of something that happened in the past. And some examples, when we think about trauma, we might think about people who have gone to war. We might think about people who have gone, been through some type of natural disaster, physical abuse, sexual abuse, uh, someone being in a gang and getting stabbed or, or shot, like all of these things are right. definitely trauma. But then there's other things that we don't always think about that also is trauma. 
things like childhood neglect, just your mom or dad saying, not saying, hey, I'm proud of you. You're doing awesome. Keep going. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have that, which is so necessary for healthy childhood development, that can create this feeling of trauma in the body, right? Or other things like being bullied or other things like being cheated on. You can know if it's trauma if in your current day-to-day life, if you might feel that there's trust issues, if you feel like there is this uh, challenge with opening up your heart to someone and letting someone truly see you, letting someone truly in and having that intimacy, then there could be some type of trauma that happened in a past relationship. So all of these things, there's so many examples, but um, that's a simple way that those are some examples of very common, very common examples of trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what kind of areas of life can, can trauma affect? Every area of life, fitness, <laughs> spirituality, uh, love, especially money. Um, so there, there isn't one area of life where it can't, it can't be affected. You know, even with mm-hmm. spirituality, like people might say, how spirituality? Well, if someone was in a religious cult, which is common, people right. who have worked, have been in, religious, you know, quote unquote cults, or if your parent was very, very religious and uh, they were putting that, their beliefs onto you in a very unhealthy way, right? That can be trauma as well. So there isn't one area of life where it wouldn't affect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So what is, what does the inner work mean? Like when someone says I'm doing inner work, what is that? Yeah. So inner work has many different examples. Um, one of the common things when, when people are doing trauma work, there are things like shadow work. There are things like inner child work. And put simply, these are things where you're just meeting the aspects of yourself, of yourself that hasn't been looked at, that hasn't been loved, that hasn't been accepted, right? So the, the, the work is going deep. Usually it's going deep into the wounds to release the wounds. Not all the time, but that, 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 is the common thing that you mm-hmm. see. People who are willing to sit down in silence and let all the emotion come up, or people who are willing to meet their inner child and let them know that they're loved, or people who are willing to write down, what are the aspects of myself that I've been suppressing, my shadow self, the parts of me that I don't want to admit that is there, the part of me that judges others, which is really just a reflection of me that right. I've suppressed or I haven't fully expressed yet. So uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a common example. Okay. Awesome. Um, so when you talk about shadow self, can you give a little bit more examples of that? I, I know about like the inner child, know like all that stuff, but shadow self always, I think intrigues me because I think we all have a shadow self, I'm sure. Yes. And go ahead. So sh- shadow, the shadow was uh, a term that was coined by uh, Carl Jung. And what he, what he found was that everyone has this aspects of themselves that is a subpersonality in their mind. So put simply, whenever we are judging another, we might find that there is an aspect within them that we're judging that lives within us or has lived within us that we haven't fully accepted yet or we haven't fully embraced. Not all the time. This isn't 100% truth, but there is truth to it. So let me give you an example. I remember there was a time when I went to this seminar. It was about uh, maybe three three, two to three years ago, right? And I was at this seminar and I wasn't attending, but I was like, a, it's called a, a guardian where I was at the back and just supporting the people who were holding the seminar. 
And I was at this seminar, and the very first day, there was like 100 people that walked in, right? And as I was at the back, just watching everyone walk in, I heard someone who was really, really loud that was just yelling. And then I, I heard her before I saw her. I heard her, then I turned my head and I saw her walking in and she was dancing because it was music blasting. And then she immediately just went into the, the middle of the, the room and just started dancing. And she was fully in her body. She didn't care about who was looking. Right. There was all these people at the back just watching and she was just like, I don't give a shit. I'm just, I'm just here in the moment, just expressing myself. And that whole entire day, it was a three-day seminar, that whole entire day, she was constantly raising her hands, speaking up, just always... Um, not apologizing for using her voice. And at the back, every time that she would speak, every time that she would dance, I just felt triggered by it. All this emotion would start to arise in my body and I didn't know why. And it wasn't until I walked uh, to my hotel that day, because I was in Australia, in Brisbane, and I was staying at this hotel, and I remember just laying on, the, on my bed and just thinking to myself, what is it, there's something there. There's something about this girl that is really triggering me. And I know it's not her, there's something within me. Right. And then I discovered what it was. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to go to her the next day and just let her know. Right? Mm -hmm. So second day uh, starts and I walk up to her, I walk into the room and there she is straight in front of me and she's filling up her water bottle. And I walk up to her and I say, hey, this is going to sound kind of random and this is a little bit uncomfortable for me to say this, but I just want to let you know that Yesterday, you, you really triggered me. And I didn't know why. And she looked very confused. She's like, what mm -hmm. the hell? I was like, let me finish. So why I found that I was triggered by you is because you were reflecting back to me aspects of myself that I have suppressed for very, very long. And I gave her a quick little background of my story where uh, because of me being bullied, I learned that if I hide, if I'm invisible, then I'm no longer a target to get bullied. So I became very, very shy. Mm -hmm. I didn't speak up. I didn't use my voice. And he was this awesome woman being a mirror to the aspects of myself that I suppressed for so damn long. Right. right. Not speaking up, not using my voice, not willing to take up space because if I take up space, then people could see that as a threat. I might get bullied. If I use my voice, people might see that as, you know, as now, now I'm a target again. That was right. all happening. That was my wounded child speaking and just navigating throughout the world. So, I let her know, yeah, I just found that you were just um, reflecting back to me the aspects of myself that I've suppressed. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a massive permission slip for me to be able to own even more of me. Right. Day uh, when everyone, because it's like before the seminar starts, we just start to shift our energy and everyone starts dancing. And there's usually like a circle and then there's people that go in the middle. And I would never go in the middle. That day, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go. <laughs> I started dancing, and I was just like in owning those parts of me that I used to not let out, right? So that's one example. Another example is, um, well, let me ask you, Kelly. So what is a movie character or a superhero? It could be in a movie, a TV show. Like who is someone that, a character that really inspires you? And if everyone listening, think of a character that you really love as well. Inspires me. Hmm. Oh, there's something about them they just love. Um, a movie character, you said? Yeah. So for oh, me, Iron Man. Okay. You don't watch many movies, you said? Yeah, I was, I was like, I have to think about a movie now. <laughs> like, yeah, I haven't Iron watched Man. movies in a while. <laughs> but for me, it's Iron Man, right? Okay. 
I didn't know why it was that I just used to love Iron Man as a kid and still to this day. And the reason why I'm asking everyone to do that is because you normally find that the movie character is reflecting back to you certain parts of yourself that maybe you have suppressed or maybe you haven't fully embodied or maybe fully you haven't fully accepted. Right? So for me, Iron Man. Why do I love Iron Man? Why did I love Iron Man? It's because Iron Man is his character that is not apologizing for being himself. He speaks up. He's very, um, he's a smart ass, right? Mm -hmm. And he's very successful. He's very smart. And, he, and, and that was part of me that I was suppressing, right? So you can normally find that. So put simply, the shadow self is aspects of ourselves that we have suppressed or haven't fully accepted. Awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. I, I definitely find like, I mean, I can't think of a specific example, but whenever, there, whenever there's a movie where there's like a woman who's really going after what she wants, you know, and like a super awesome businesswoman, like all that kind of stuff, that always inspired me, I think, the most, like those kind of characters, um, which is cool. Cool to think about. Um, awesome. Okay, so what does, you know, if somebody's going to start a journey of healing, where do they start? That's a really good question. So I used to think back to myself of um, one, one of the things that I had to do was create a system, create a plan for people who are first starting their journey because there was a point in time where I had no idea where to start. Like, do I just go straight into shadow work? Do I go straight into inner child? Like, what's, what's the first thing? And then I created these five pillars. And if anyone is not, they don't know where to start, if they follow these five pillars, then they're on their journey to start healing. And the first pillar is always, it's the foundation for it all, which is self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways to cultivate self-awareness. And the reason why it's so important is because it's very hard to change something if we're not aware of it. It's very hard to transform our thoughts if we aren't aware of what our thoughts are. Right. It's very hard to remove a trigger if we aren't aware of why are we getting triggered? What is this trigger? Or are we getting triggered? So this is put simply, we need to start thinking about what we think about. We need to start looking objectively, whether that be through journaling, whether that be through meditation, and seeing ourselves react the way that we react, respond the way that we respond, think the way that we think, feel the way that we feel, and just noticing. Just starting to cultivate some awareness around, ah, oh, interesting. I noticed that yesterday when I did that, I, I, I reacted this way. That's a really interesting, that's a really interesting reaction. Mm -hmm. And now from that awareness, then we can change it. We can then have, uh, we're now more likely to prevent that behavior from happening again. Or when it does happen, we can start to change it in the moment. That's the reason why athletes will watch, you know, videotapes of them playing the game so they can go, ah, oh, I noticed that when I was shooting that basketball, my elbow was uh, very low and that's why I missed. So the next game, I'm going to make sure that I put my elbow up. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with self-awareness, being able to do that so we can prevent certain things from happening or we can change it the moment that it comes up. So that's the first step, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want me to go through the, the four other pillars? Yeah, yeah, sure. Cool. So the second pillar, this is when we start to do the actual process, which is self-healing. Now, the self-healing process uh, is being able to bring up any suppressed emotions being able to face all the things that we haven't faced. And it's not always easy, but it's very, very rewarding when we start doing it. And you want to think about if, you're, if you have a garden 
and the garden is is just bringing up all these all of these weeds. Well, we have to pull those weeds out before we start to create a new garden that's amazing to look at, right? Mm-hmm. That's flourishing. So we have to pull out those weeds first, and that's what self healing is all about. Self healing is about bringing out all of those weeds in our body, those weeds in our minds, from self awareness, but also from things like inner child work, shadow work, meditation. Uh, there's so many other exercises that you can do. And you might need to see a therapist, you might need to get a coach, you might need to get a psychologist to help you along that journey and just know that you don't have to do this process by yourself. So that's the, that's the second thing. But then the third thing, the third thing is just as important and that's um, self-programming, right? Or reprogramming. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like being able to plant those seeds in your mind and in your body that you want there. And there's so many ways to do this, but put simply, there are three main ways. The first way to self-program is through visual conditioning, visual programming. So if you go through a year of watching a TV show that is all about violence, that is all about gangs, compared to one year over an hour a day, you're just watching YouTube videos of people who inspire you, who people who make you who bring your vibration higher, then you're gonna have a totally different life just from your visual programming. So it's just being very uh, aware of what it is that you're looking at day to day, being able to unfollow people on social media that isn't serving you, but also being able to unfollow people in real life as well. There's people who don't inspire because if you're seeing them every single day, then it might, you might need to unfollow them or you might need to create some boundaries or you might need to see them less often. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is verbal programming. For everyone listening right now, you were doing that exact thing. <laughs> it's verbal programming, listening to podcasts, having awesome conversations. Uh, self-talk is, is very important as well. Self-talk, it's, by the way, going back to visual programming, visualization. Because our subconscious cannot tell the difference between what's real and what's vividly imagined. Mm-hmm. Just from us visualizing, our brain makes these things called neurological pathways, neurological connections just from us seeing it in our minds. So there's, vi- there's visualization, self-talk with uh, verbal programming. And then the last part is having some type of significant emotional events, experiences. So that's things like when the, everything is all over with the coronavirus, going to Kelly's, um, going to her retreat, right? Because that's an experience that's really right. going to help you out. Or signing up for coaching or doing some type of healing practice where you do something like breath work or you go see a psychologist or you go see a trauma therapist or whoever it might be that takes you through an experience to clear anything out or reprogram anything in. So that's self-programming. And the last two, put simply, fourth one is all about self-regulation. This is so damn important because (laughs) there's a few things that's certain in life where everyone's certain that um, the sun's going to rise, the, the night's going to come, everyone's certain that there's this, 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 the weather's going to change, everyone's certain that gravity exists on this earth, right? But a few things that's also certain is you're going to have those down moments in life. You're going to get triggered. Mm-hmm. You're going to have fluctuations with your emotional states. So knowing that, it's very important that we prepare by having self-regulation tools that are really going to uh, take us out of that. Because we're human, we're going to fall, 
but it's never about never falling. It's just about how much can I minimize the time between falling and getting back up? Mm -hmm. How much can I minimize the time between an unconscious reaction to a conscious response? This is why self-regulation is so important. And one of the simplest ways that anyone can do, and it's one that I'm always doing, is breathing. We notice a reaction, a trigger. Just taking 10 deep breaths, mm -hmm. self-regulation, right? That's one of the ways, there's so many other ways, but anyone can do this, breathe. Just taking 10 deep breaths, close your eyes, or you can open your eyes if you, if you, if you are driving or if you're at work or something like that. Right. Just taking deep belly breaths. So that's a, that's a fourth one. And then the last one, I believe that this is the whole entire game and it's the journey, which is self-leadership. This is the fifth pillar. So I used to say self-mastery, but the reason why I changed the word is because uh, it implies perfection, kind of, mm -hmm. self-mastery. But self-leadership, leaders fall. Leaders make, quote-unquote, mistakes. Leaders aren't always perfect. But what they're awesome at is just recorrecting their behavior. What they're awesome at is just learning. What they're awesome at is readjusting anything that they need to readjust to become even better leaders. Mm -hmm. So self-leadership is about directing your thoughts your emotions and your behavior towards a desired outcome. For some people, that's about creating a massive goal for their lives and going out and achieving it. For some people, it's just like, I just want to make sure that I don't hit snooze when I get up. Right. Or for some people, it's just making a small promise to yourself. It starts small for everyone listening. Self-leadership, where you want to start with this, is just make small promises to yourself. One small promise a day. Tomorrow, my promise to myself is, my commitment to myself is, the chocolate that I've been eating every single day, just don't eat it tomorrow. Just, just change that for this. And then what happens is by doing that again and again and again, your confidence will build, your self-esteem will build, your ability to trust yourself will build because you have so many references of all these small wins that you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. Or it could be tomorrow, I'm just going to make my bed. Like start small, you know? Right, right. So those are five things. Uh, self-awareness, self-healing, self-programming, self-regulation, and then self-leadership. That's awesome. So on average, how long would you say that process would take a person uh, to get through? Well, it's, it's to, to- I mean, I know it's like a continuous thing too, but like yeah. the first at least like, you know, going through that, that the healing in the beginning of, you know, going through that pain, that emotional pain of, everything you've been ignoring, how long does that typically take a person to get through? It, it's, this, this is the, the challenge with that because um, what I've always found is that there's, there's usually an, an extra layer sometimes. Mm -hmm. So for me, my stuff still comes up with body image. And I'll tell, let me tell you a quick story. So I've been doing this for a very long time and what I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I, I never stand... I never want to be like, I'm at the top of the mountain and I'm healed 100%. Look at me. Right. I'm not like that. For me, I'm just very well practiced at being able to notice a trigger and then being able to release it. Mm -hmm. right? So for example, when I started to do inner child work, my ability to be able to take my shirt off at the gym and just train was okay. But the second that some dude walked in with like these massive muscles and I'd be next to him and I'd be like, shit. And all my stuff would come up, right? Mm -hmm. Fat map, all this stuff, all these triggers would come back up. But in that moment, I just knew how to regulate my emotions, take a deep breath, 
What is it that I'm not seeing right now? What is it that I'm not remembering right now? Part of self-regulation is just asking yourself empowering questions as well, because questions direct focus. Back then, I was focusing on, I'm not good enough, look at this dude. What do I need to remember that I've forgotten in this moment? That I'm amazing, that I'm mm-hmm. beautiful, that I'm loved. And then I remembered what I forgot, right? So it's different, put simply, it's different for every individual. There is no time frame. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a never-ending, unfolding journey. But it does get to the point where you no longer have that emotional charge. And if a trigger ever does come up, you just know how to handle it because you're so well-practiced at being able to um, regulate your emotions and thoughts. Right, right. Okay. Um, I often hear too that the universe is a mirror of yourself. I love that. I love hearing that. So for a lot of people, I mean, this is kind of what I went through recently is um, being in relationships where you aren't valued or whatever. And it's because you're chasing kind of the uh, approval or um, being able to prove that you're worthy of something. So for a lot of people listening, I think they can relate to that a lot um, in their own relationships. So for someone like that, what, it, what is typically like the underlying cause of someone chasing um, emotional situations or not emotional relationships where they're maybe not being approved of, or they're not being given what they are deserving of. Does that make sense? That's a really, really good and deep question. I love <laughs> so um, there's, if I'm working with someone, I would ask so many questions to really find out, but mm-hmm. let me give you some things that may be the, the root cause of it all. But I love this question because one of the things that I had to learn you know, the hard way was we will keep attracting the same person, but with a different face, a different name, a different birthday, until we heal the aspect of ourselves that was attracting them in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, is that to say, well, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm attracting all of these toxic people. Uh, are you saying that I'm toxic? Nope. The aspect of yourself that might be attracting them is a part of you that isn't okay with setting boundaries, isn't okay with realizing your worth and saying, can I swear on him? Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's not okay with saying, fuck no. I don't deserve that. I deserve someone who is going to love me for who I am, what I am, and what I'm about. Mm-hmm. So, hell no. Right? That could be it. The aspect of yourself that is attracting them isn't always the toxic part of you. It could just be you not realizing your self-worth and realizing that I want this. Right? And because there is no vision, because there is no understanding of this idea that you want in your mind, whatever it is that comes your way, just like, okay, I'll, I'll take this. Right? right. So there's that, but also there might have been uh, a love and attraction template that was created during childhood. Put simply, we will usually try to find love in relationships that mirrors the love that we got during childhood. So if dad left, if dad wasn't around, the unconscious part of you learns that well, this is, my, this is my understanding of what love is. You're a, you're a three-year-old kid, you're a four-year-old kid trying to form what love is, what, love, what love isn't, what relationships is, what connection is. And if you saw that during childhood, then it's very, it's highly likely that we'll try to recreate that as an adult, right? And just that awareness alone can be enough to change the pattern of like, oh shit, yeah, I've been trying to recreate this, right? right? Or if you just didn't know, if you, if, you, if you grew up in a household where you're not even trying to recreate that, but you just didn't have any role model or role models of what, how love is supposed to be. 
-hmm. for me i have no i have i have no memories of my, my mom and dad like kissing hugging right. or even, them even being together like zero in my mind so as a as an adult what i found was i was just creating all these challenging relationships because my role models of love was non-existent right or oh, i just couldn't even remember so it's just becoming aware of that if that is the case it might be of that love and attraction template you might be trying to recreate it or maybe you just didn't get any awesome role models right and it's right. to find some new ones to go i want that and i'm not willing to settle for anything less than that right Okay. So last question is going to be, um, for the people who maybe are listening to this and they're like oh, a bunch of whatever, like healing, don't need to do that. What would happen to, to somebody if they don't heal? If they decide I'm not going to heal, I'm not going to look into myself. I'm just going to keep going with life. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, what I've found from my, from my own, I can only say from my own experience of what happened when I wasn't doing this work was I was, less fulfilled addictions were very present i felt not in control of myself because the the nature of life is uncertainty mm -hmm. the nature of life is you're going to go through some times where it doesn't feel the best and this healing process has shown me that i'm in control when this does happen that i can get myself out of it from these tools or um the, the level of abundance that I've created because the aspects of myself that wasn't okay with receiving money, was, which wasn't okay with receiving abundance in all different forms, was, wasn't present, wasn't showing up in my life because of these parts of me that was repelling it away mm -hmm. because of my very low vibration that, that I was in. Right? Mm -hmm. So the question that I think everyone needs to ask themselves is my current situation and life is this what I want? If it is, then there's no reason. Like you're, you're good. If it's not a right. problem, then it's not a problem. However, if the current situation in your life or the current situations that has been showing up in your life isn't something that you want, then it might be time to start making some changes. Right. So that's a that's an easy way to put it, I guess. Yeah. I think too, if there's ever like um, something that you're always like, oh, this is the way this always goes. Like, here we go again, you know? notice that like don't just say that and be like whatever this is just the way it is like it doesn't have to be that way you know there's a lot of things that we can actually fix so <laughs> it's the power of, of being a human which is nice so all right matt well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast um it was great having you i hope people got a lot of information from you so before we uh kind of end up here just tell people where they can find you youtube instagram wherever you're at yeah so you can just if you want on my website you can go to mattkarma.com um, and one thing that I've been doing on these, on these podcasts that I've been doing is I've been giving people a, a meditation that they can listen to because one thing that's very important for me is to really make sure that people have an experience of this, especially if you, if you don't know where to begin. So I will create a link that people can go to where they can download something that I give to my private clients, which is an inner child meditation. So if you're like, I don't know where to start, you can go here. There's no opt-in. You don't have to put in your name and e email address. You just click on the button and you download it. So I'll create one for you, like mattkarma.com forward slash Kelly. Is that cool? Yep, that's perfect. They can, they can grab that and they can awesome. listen to it. And the messages that I've been getting from this has been awesome. People just releasing so much, so many tears. People are like, mm -hmm. this, isn't, this isn't even going to work. And then they go through and like, damn, that was healing. 
So if you go, if you go to Matt, C-A-M-A, mattkarma.com forward slash Kelly, everyone listening can go and download that. No opt-in required. And Instagram, Matt underscore karma. I'm on TikTok as well. I've been creating some awesome content on there. Matt karma 23. And then you can just type in Matt karma on YouTube if you want to find me on there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having or for coming on. Also, I'll make sure to put the link in um, for anybody listening in the description on Spotify or wherever you are listening to this. So look out for that. And again, thank you so much for, for joining Matt. Thank you so much, Kelly. Stay awesome. safe. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You too. Bye.